Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> okay. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yawns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on this pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go through the strength to strength till, till each appears from before God in Zion. Hear my prayer. O Lord God Almighty, listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with your favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Take the Bible. Sorry. I've always been told I have a very loud voice. Yeah, thank you so much, Hannah. <laughs> um, and thank you to everyone for being here. There is a World Cup final on. I'm aware of that. I'm going to try to speak really quickly, so we may be able to catch the second half. Um, no, thank you so much, um, Hannah, for doing that reading. And I love this song because it's so British, isn't it? How lovely. Just, if you're, if you're um, a tourist in London, that's a, it's a very British way to start a song. Um, we're finishing our series in rest today. We've had three messages uh, over the summer, and um, we've been looking at members of the animal kingdom. And we believe God speaks to us through his word, through his Holy Spirit in many ways, but we also believe he speaks to us through creation, the amazing and intricate world that he's made. It's designed to make us go, wow, how lovely, how amazing is God. And so today we are looking at the sparrow, now, children, if you're here and you're not sitting at the front, you're really welcome to come to the sacred mat. Um, it's not really the sacred mat, it's just a colourful carpet. Um, we've got some worksheets there for you. If you haven't taken one, you can. There's some crayons and there's a fact sheet about sparrows for those of you who are really good at reading already. Um, if you're not good at reading, that's fine. There's some colouring in for you to do. And on the back, you can design your own bird or sparrow, whatever you like. Um, so do your coloring. And I also want, there's two things to make sure that you're paying attention. If you're really good at counting, you can count how many times I say the word sparrow if you're really good at counting. But also I want to make sure that you're listening because halfway through this message, I'm going to shout, sparrow scramble! And when I shout that, a few of you asked why there's bird pictures around the room. 
when I shout that, I want you to get up, run around and try and count how many there are. Now, you might need a grown-up to help you with counting because it does go over 10. Um, so you need to be really good at counting for this. And whoever wins, whoever guesses or counts how many sparrows there are in the room will get this prize because we all know that birds love eating worms. So we've got caterpillars, it's the closest thing I could find to worms. Um, and everyone who has a go at counting, if your mum or dad says you can't, you will get a sweet, just one. But whoever counts them correctly will get the worms and they might choose to share them or not. Okay, so are you guys okay? Cool, okay, great. So I'm gonna talk to the grown-ups for a little bit to start with and then we'll have a little break. Now, we've heard a lot, I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of messages about rest over the years. And often I kind of leave feeling a bit guilty, like I need to do this, I need to do Sabbath better, I need to do this. Um, and that's not what Keegan and Guy have preached in this series so far, but um, that's not what this message is. This isn't a message about doing something and then you'll find rest. This is about being. This is about learning about rest as being, and more specifically, being home in God. Today we're talking about rest as home. Now we believe that there's a place for us Christians, those who follow Jesus to inhabit, that means live in a place of home. And that's what this psalm is all about. When we find this place of home, being at home in Jesus, we will finally be at rest. So when I was writing this sermon, I kept coming back to this amazing quote from Saint Augustine and it says, you God have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. We can try so many things to help us find rest, but when we realize that we were made to find rest in God, we can finally be at peace. There's a place that this psalmist is writing and is longing for. It's amazing, it's lovely, it's something he thirsts for, and that is finding rest in God's house. Now, if you're grown up, we've been learning about being exiles. This is not our home here. We were made for something greater, something better. And that is the home we're talking about today. So how can we rest well, fixing our eyes on this heavenly home? So children, what comes into your mind, if anyone's they're really into the coloring sheets, that's great. And anybody, what comes into your mind when I say home? What do you guys think of when we think of home? Anybody got any ideas? Anybody? Anybody? Peace, being at peace, yeah. Anybody else? Home. Family. Brilliant, yeah. Do you want to say something? No, okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, home for us, I think, perhaps since lockdown, has kind of been the place we go to retreat, hasn't it? Our little castle away from people, our man cave or our Pinteresty corner. I've seen adverts, and maybe it's just me, I get them targeted at me, but like about curing house embarrassment, making your house Zoom-worthy, your, your backdrop Zoom-worthy. Um, but I feel, I don't know, again, if it's just me, but I feel a genuine pull on my heart to make my house better, to make my room nicer, to make my kitchen a bit more shiny, um, to live in a better place, to get a little bit more space. Oh, if I had a bit of extra space, then I would finally be happy. 
or if I had this in my house, I'd never have to leave because my place where I live would be amazing and it would just, I would finally be able to rest. I often need to take a step back and remind myself, this isn't my home. The place where I live isn't my home. It might be where I sleep, where my stuff is. It's not my home. My home is in God. This could all be taken away from me in an instant. And I think we've seen in the news recently, in Hawaii and in other places where there have been extreme wildfires, people's homes gone without a warning. What about people who've had to flee from war in Ukraine, Afghanistan? What about children who've never been able to experience the stability of home because the grown-ups they're with aren't safe people to be around? Can these people find home or is it just for people who are rich or have lots? Home can't be the place that we fill with our stuff because home is fleeting. And if we place all our security, all our hope in our physical home, our hearts and minds will never be fully at rest. Now, Jesus, who we follow, was the most at-home person, wasn't he? But he didn't have any real estate. He didn't have a mortgage. He didn't have a rental agreement. He didn't really have anything. He said when he was on earth, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He was talking about what it means to follow him. It means sometimes leaving your home. And some of you here have done this, to follow Jesus' call. And that's what Jesus was talking about. That's the cost of following him. This psalm shows us an amazing picture. Now, God, in the days the psalm was written, was in the temple, his presence. You had to go to the temple to be near God. And that's what the psalmist, the writer, is talking about. Being near, being in physical courts where God's presence was. But we have direct access to God today, don't we, through his spirit. Why is it, even though we can meet with God, we can be home whenever we like, do we not have this desperation? I'm going to leave you momentarily with that thought, because it's time, guys, for Sparrow Scramble. Okay, can you count the sparrows? I've got some music to keep us. I will wait for you. So there's more than ten. That's a hint. Knowing that you will draw near to me. Cause I was made for you. I was made for you. I was made to be your friend. There's one here. It's good, but it's not right. Keep looking. Have you missed any? How many do you think there are? Ten. Okay. Okay, you can all have a swing. But how many do you think there are? You're the one I want. You're the one I want. You're the one my heart cries out. This is not my That's really close. That's really close. Have one of these. This is not my home. 
I've had a good, this a few good suggestions, but I haven't had the right answer yet. Okay. Has everyone finished counting? Henry, do you, how, Emmy, how many do you think you, there are? 17, good guess. Henry, how many do you think? Five, okay. So, the answer is there are 24, and the closest guess was Nathaniel with 20. So Nathaniel, here's your prize. Well done. Okay. But maybe don't open them now, because there's still a few pigs. Sorry, parents. <laughs> They're going to be really sugared up, aren't they? Okay. So the reason for all the sparrows, and the reason we're looking at the sparrow today, I think sometimes uh, we focus on the smallness, the tiny, cute sparrows. But actually, this psalm is talking to us about the audacity of the sparrow. Do you know what audacity means? It's a really long word, isn't it? It means cheekiness, boldness, persistence, confidence. Someone who's audacious is going right up there. They're doing the cheeky thing. And in this case, the sparrows were going right up to the altar of God. They were going into the temple. They were making a nest. They were finding a little nook and creating a nest. And that's cheeky, isn't it? The author is remembering the noisy racket of a tiny family of these little birds making their nest in the temple. So I'm going to tell you some bird facts because I spent a lot of time Googling sparrows. My life is so exciting. Um, right, sorry if you are a bird watcher or an ornithologist, like, respect you, but like, that's not something that I've been interested in before. Um, so this is what I found out about sparrows. Noisy and gregarious, these cheerful exploiters of man's rubbish and wastefulness have managed to colonize most of the world. The ultimate avian opportunist, the house sparrow is prominent. It is often persecuted as an agricultural pest. It's been a symbol of commonness in the past. So the way that we think of pigeons here in London, I think is how the psalmist thinks about sparrows. Yucky, dirty, cheeky. Can you imagine then the writer's dismay when even these naughty birds got a front seat in God's temple? They got to be close to his God. He was frustrated when he wrote this. It says later on in the psalm, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, but I get the sense he'd rather be a sparrow. He'd love to be right there at the front. Can you imagine being jealous of a tiny little bird? But do you know what? Does God say, shoot? Do they have to call out the exterminator to get rid of these sparrows that have found a home in God's temple? No. I believe God would be saying, well done, little bird, come closer. Everyone is welcome in God's home. Everyone's welcome in the place where God is. And you guys are welcome here today. God loves it when we come to him. In fact, Jesus made a point of saying, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them. Don't get in their way, because God's kingdom is made up of people like these children. Kids, you are so welcome to be here today at church. God is delighted that your friends or your family have brought you here to church today, and you'll always be welcome in this church and in God's kingdom. He loves you, 
and he wants to make his home in your heart so that you can live with him and walk with him forever. Does anyone remember the king's coronation? And Leah, my daughter, was really disappointed. I was like, it's the coronation today. And she was like, let's get ready, let's go. So we're not actually invited. We're going to watch it on TV. And there there were literal tears. But I think (laughs) this is not what God's kingdom is. He is the king. He is the king of kings. But we are all invited. Every person, whether you're a child, whether you're the prime minister, whether you're the king of another country or the queen, you're welcome in God's kingdom. You're invited. And parents... Um, You also have a role here, parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles, godparents. The swallow, in verse 3, she lays her young on the altar. She brings them. She makes a nest for them. And I think God is reminding us, keep bringing your little ones into God's presence. Keep bringing them to church. Keep pointing them to Jesus. We're really longing for chapel to be a place where our children and young people feel welcome. And we believe that if they get a sense of home now, if they get a taste of that, that will go with them into the rest of their lives. And grown-ups too, whether you're a parent or not, you have a responsibility to these little ones. And we are really focusing on them today because normally they're out the back, as Biola has said, and we don't see them. They're here now. These little sparrows are precious to God. How can you make this church a place where they feel welcomed, loved, and valued? Maybe it could be being one of those people serving in kids' work. Maybe it's encouraging their parents. Um, Perhaps it could just be saying hi to them on a Sunday. Or it could just be laughing graciously or smiling if they cry during a message or if they try and run on the stage during worship. Let's be a place where we're gracious towards them and we love them. We often have meltdowns on a Sunday morning in our family, trying to get out the door with my three-year-old. And often I say to her, don't you want to come to church and see Jermaine? Jermaine's up there on the tech desk. I'm making him really embarrassed. But like 90% of the time, it works. She's getting her shoes on. And Jermaine is going to be a good dad one day. Just want to shout out to him and really embarrass him. Um, But it works because she loves coming here to see her friends at church, however old they are. Um, This is a place where all are welcome to come and to draw near to God, to be at home. So home. (laughs) Part of getting the right idea about home is knowing that you're welcome here, but also how can we dehomify our homes? We talked about all the things we do to build up our physical homes to make them really, really shiny and nice. But I think part of it is opening up our homes. The God of the Bible has been and has always been extremely concerned for children, for orphans to find a home. And as Andy said, I work for Home for Good. We're a charity and we work across the country finding homes for children and young people who don't have one through fostering through adoption even through temporary help for teenagers who are just taking that leap into adulthood did you know that every 15 minutes in the uk a child will come into the care system for a variety of reasons none of which is their fault each child is made in the image of god and deserves to find a home 
There are 9,000 foster families needed. There are 2,000 children currently waiting for adoption. And I don't have time to go into all the stats. There's a QR code on the slide if you want to find out more. Um, I'd be very happy to talk to you guys. You can email me. It's just becky at westminsterchapel.org.uk. But could you open up your home temporarily, permanently to a child that needs one? I'm going to bring this into a close scene. There's so much in this passage, but... I just want to summarize in three ways, and the footballs on soon as well, don't forget. Um, people who already believe in Jesus, Christians, are you audaciously drawing near to God with the cheekiness of a sparrow? Are you drawing in? Are you longing, even fainting, like this writer of the psalm, to be near God? Are you desperate? Have you made your home in God? I just want to encourage you to cry out to him, to lay aside the things that have taken the place of home in your heart. Isn't it amazing, crazy, that God, the King of Kings, would welcome us into his home, not just to come and watch his coronation, but to be in his home, to dwell with him. What a gracious King we have who welcomes us and you're invited. And so if you're here this morning, whether you're three or whether you're 93, have you experienced this home? You're listening and you're thinking, this sounds really nice, but I don't have it. I found this quote in a brilliant sermon by Charles Spurgeon, and the sermon is called The Sparrow and the Swallow. And don't read it because it's basically, I've plagiarized the whole thing this morning. Um, no, do read it, it's really good. Um, he has a quote, and I've slightly transferred it from the oldie English into slightly more understandable language for us. I'm going to read it to you. You who think yourselves despised and forgotten, remember that the sparrow has found a house on God's altar. Come then and see if there is space also for you. Though you feel yourself to be a nobody, come and welcome to the Savior. Come to him with cheerful confidence, for he will not, he cannot reject you. The answer here is quite simple, come. Whether you feel like you've been invited, come. Whether you feel good enough, come. God's grace means that everyone's welcome. Jesus died for our sins. The Son of God made himself not at home. He moved from heaven to earth to sort out the reason that we all feel this longing, this sense of homelessness, our sin. He died, he took away our sins so that he could bring us back into relationship with him, into home with him, so that he can be our father and we can live in his house forever. He's given us an open invitation. We're going to have a chance to respond later. If you want to find that home, make your home in Jesus. Please come. And lastly, children, wherever you are, whatever you do, however small you are, God sees you and he loves you and he wants you to be in his home with him. You're invited. Let's pray as the band come up.
Lord God, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this amazing building. We thank you for this community that you have placed in this building. We thank you that you have made your home in us, Lord, and that we don't have to go to a special place to meet with you. We can have your home in our hearts, Lord. And we pray that for every single person here, they would know what it means to be at home in you. They would have a sense of your love, your invitation, your welcome this morning. And I pray for all of us who may have known you for many, many years, that we would long, even faint, our hearts would cry out to be in your presence, Lord. Please draw us in. Bring us closer to you, Lord. It's a privilege. Please draw us in, Lord. And I pray for these children, God. I pray that they would walk with you for the rest of their lives, Lord. I pray that you would be doing an amazing work in their hearts, God. Draw them closer to you. Help them to find their home in you. Thank you that you're a good God who loves us and has taken away our sins so that we can draw near to you. Help us to draw near to you now and may your presence be among us as we worship you, Lord. Amen. listening to sermon audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.